0: This is uh, day one of the uh, retreat uh, together. We'd like to uh, speak to you with regard to uh, uh, the meditations today and uh, specifically in terms of the uh, four uh, postures. Um, in the hall, just about um, half of you. Um, arrived uh, 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 yesterday, just over the uh, thirty mark, and um, half uh, of you were here for the first retreat in the uh, hall here with 60-something of us uh, uh, together. Ages range from (sighs) mid-teens through to the uh, Golden Club in the 60s, 70s, uh, 80s. There's a full range of uh, uh, ages here. And also a great uh, wealth of experience uh, in the hall and there are also uh, plenty of you as well for whom it's the very first time in the retreat environment, first time with um, meditation, attending uh, a course with a very big welcome to the beginners and a very big welcome as well to the uh, seasoned uh, yogis who are sitting here in the hall. With the uh, four postures I would like, if I may, to take uh, one at a time. I'll speak uh, initially for those of you who arrived uh, yesterday and then I'll just take uh, few minutes after that for those of you who are here for the first uh, retreat. If you have any difficulty in the hearing of my voice, please do make use of the front spaces around here and you can use a chair, you can bring your cushions, you can lean against the uh, table there into that for comfort, you can lean against this and face outwards, whatever but primarily the ease in the listening um, obviously uh, uh, is uh, important and this is as far as the voice will extend itself so I leave it to you and also there's a long corridor down here plenty of space and to use uh, that as well so that you can uh, listen without any effort or pressure for you with the day and with the uh, meditations there in the uh, sitting posture it is to remember there is a general principle and this applies to everything else there is a general principle and then there is the detail and they both work together so from the uh, general detail and particular Firstly, on the general, mindfulness of breathing. It is quite something, it is not easy, it is not intended to be easy, to give attention as a human being to the breathing experience, as a contribution to the harmony of body and mind, as a contribution as well to development, the power, and it is a power, a power of concentration, so that in those things of life, here and elsewhere, there may well be important things we need to concentrate on, and in order to do that well and clearly, it will require from us, obviously, energy. It will require from us interest it will uh, require uh, from us a capacity to let go and drop much else in order to be able to concentrate there. And that concentration, sorry, the mindfulness, when developed roughly moment by moment, or more precisely, breath by breath, As that mindfulness of breathing develops and gets a little steady with us, we'll call it concentration. Samadhi is the uh, Buddhist word. Sam means coming together and D is on the particular. The capacity to apply our mindfulness to keep it steady on the particular develops samadhi. And this process in the language we use here, obviously, is generally what we call meditation. So meditation here, maybe used differently elsewhere, applies very specifically to the formal postures of sitting, walking, standing and reclining. That's the general. But it's not enough just to sit and to be mindful of the breathing uh, uh, in and out in a general way. We're also, it is a practice, it isn't easy, it is a training, and with the training that we apply, it is also to no- notice the detail. And that will give us a little bit more presence and perhaps interest and connection. Some of the details do uh, include recognizing and knowing is the breath long or is it short is the breath deep or is it shallow not shallow in a problematic way but sometimes quite light hardly hardly notice it it just comes in through the nose or or wherever so uh, the specifics of the teachings of uh, mindfulness of uh, breathing and as uh, described here by the Buddha is one of breathing in and out and knowing the detail and that means knowing the breath long or the breath short or deep or shallow or somewhere in between so they're really taking an interest because the per- part of the purpose of that is to notice, this is the detail to notice the changes which are going on from <laughs> moment to moment in the body with each in-breath and with each out-breath. To really be interested, what are the sensations? The sensations are the confirmation of the direct experience of mindfully breathing in and mindfully breathing out. And initially, it may be that we, uh, we breathe in, As a direct experience we feel, as a sensation, some expansion. Let's say it might be just the throat or the chest area and we just experience that. Fine and lovely. And then we breathe out and from that expansion there is a quiet contraction of the body. Just like the universe, our dear scientists tell us, expands and contracts and similarly The organism of the human existence and sentient life is frequently in a kind of harmony with the universe of just expanding and contracting. And to really be aware that this expansion and contraction is taking place is it long and deep? Is it shallow? Is it somewhere in between? And this is a helpful process and training in life to do that and just to be watchful with the vulnerabilities that as you meditate as you engage in this case in the sitting uh, posture how easily willpower comes in and we want to be extra mindful of the tendency towards willpower it has a use in certain situations It is not intended, and it was never intended, it is not in the body of the teachings of the Buddha, of the Dharma, to be constantly applying effort and willpower. If one does, trouble will be ahead for you. It will generate pressure. It will generate intensity you will find you will be out of touch with the body rather than in touch and the consequence of the use of willpower for some people they can end up bringing harm and unnecessary pain if not injury to their knees put a lot of pressure uh, on the mind and that creates agitation and if not anxiety there, it can generate uh, energy moving through the body which sparks shaking and uh, agitation uh, in, the, in the body and more. There is no virtue in saying, I'm going to make a strong determination to sit and not move, I'm going to use my will to stay with, uh, with the breath. This is foolish, it's naïve and take no notice of teachers who tell you to make strong determinations it may be quite harmful to your health so in our practice here it may be at times quite helpful and appropriate perhaps you're feeling a little bit tired perhaps uh, mind is wandering quite a lot and you're daydreaming or whatever and, and one just recognises ah, in this moment or in these moments just need to put a little bit more effort in just to sustain the practice just to maintain it just know, please, please know that you're putting a bit more effort in There, the effort going towards the breath and in the attention towards the, the breath if it is sustain, sustained that means you're pushing yourself you're pushing hard it will inhibit you, it will get in the way of a relaxed, calm concentration on the breathing in a manner of which is receptive to its coming and its going. And that is sustainable. The willpower is not sustainable. So it's what is being said here, if I may say, is that yes some effort, that means a quiet application of a, a bit more connection with, with the breathing is perfectly appropriate, but please don't uh, push hard on, your, on yourself. And if you get that balance right you will go deeper, you will go a lot deeper. You will not go deep through intensity. Those who get very intense, apply apply more intensity, well it's obvious, get more intense. That's what one's developing. Develop intensity, you get more intense. And with intense people find themselves, and sadly, rather judgmental of those who have a more calm and clear relationship to practice. Don't forget. Sometimes in the sitting meditation, you know, the eyes are, as uh, our poets tell us, the windows to the soul. And what I have in reference here, you know, very, very easily and humanly enough happens. That one is sitting in the process of the meditation and then energy drops it's not altogether bad news if you fall asleep in the meditation no one's not supposed to and what I mean by that is that there is a certain level of to fall asleep a certain level of calmness in the consciousness and without that calmness of course one wouldn't fall asleep but there's not quite enough energy at present for the calmness and the energy to be together, so that one stays awake, while being calm. So, calmness is coming in, the relaxation is coming in, energy is a little bit low, boom, and falls asleep. Why not? As a Dharma teacher, I have had some excellent naps, while sitting on the throne here, over the past 40 years. (laughs) So, if I have the privilege of a, a good nap, Here, I'm surely going to extend it to all of you. And with the calmness and uh, uh, the energy, um, after the nap uh, finishes, hopefully before the end of the bell is rung, uh, after the nap finishes, it might be useful immediately. Okay. Energy is a bit low this morning in the sitting meditation. I'll have my eyes open. The rest of the period. I'll, d- I'll make the breath just quietly, respectfully, a little bit longer and a little bit deeper. So I'll intentionally bring a little bit more oxygen down into the body, down into the cells, and that combination, so valuable important, of oxygen with cellular life. But incidentally, human beings who, along with diet and lifestyle and uh, uh, much else, who also realise and appreciate, as the yoga tradition does, and and movement and dance and and much much uh, else of the benefits of wise, clear breathing and letting that oxygen move into ourselves, it will stop the cells from contracting, the cells need to breathe and we need to allow them to, to, to breathe and our meditations in our postures can really contribute to life, the whole human life really uh, uh, breathing and it's one of the very important uh, contributions to safeguarding you from cancer. So with our care, environmental care, dietary care, breathing care, heart, mind, body care, we're contributing to the real welfare of the whole human being and that is love. This is a retreat of love. And in our meditations of that care, which is love, given to the breathing experience, as the calmness develops and goes a little, uh, uh, little deeper it is possible and you may experience this in the sensations that the whole body is beginning to wake up so to speak and it is a, a teaching member of the awakening, uh, awakening of the whole being including the body not just about awakening the heart or the mind the whole being awakening of the voice as well so in the process of the settling in with calm, with focus, with interest, with energy as that begins to deepen it may well be that you can experience much more easily the oxygen and the cells in the body touching upon right from the top of the very head right down to the toes. Sometimes in the calm, clear meditations the whole body is breathing in and out. It's not a theory, it's not an idea, not what somebody else has spoken about. Far more importantly, your own experience, well, the body is breathing, life is breathing. And sometimes it's not even I am breathing, even the I is out of the way, the self is out of the way. And sometimes it's the body breathing, or sometimes life is breathing itself into the body life is breathing itself into the body life is bringing its influence and making this body breathe in and breathe out there wonderful, precious, different ways of relating during the meditations still with the uh, sitting haven't forgotten the other three postures so hang in With the sitting uh, meditations, it really is your choice. Of course, some of you, uh, uh, many of you um, in the cross-legged posture, Uh, some of you use the uh, kneeling posture, some of you use uh, the, the, the chair. I've said in this hall previous years, and say again, it's a fairly simple truth. The shape of your legs has nothing whatsoever to do with clarity and wisdom. Concentration and mindfulness is just the shape of your legs which you prefer. And perhaps one day some of you who are artists and sculptors would kindly start doing some artwork of the Buddha in the sitting in a chair posture (laughs) to have some alternative to this cross-legged one which has been there. Uh, and some people say, it's another of the, of the mythology, there's not a scrap of truth in it, and that is oh, we Westerners, we are not used to sitting cross legged. It is unnatural, I mean, unnatural, unnatural for us. But the people in India, and the people in Thailand and in Myanmar, they're used to sitting. So because that's more natural to them. Crap. Having spent ten years in the East, having been here plenty of plenty times, having listened to your good voices, the description of pain, discomfort, difficulty is just about equal between those who are from Asia as those who are from the West. The idea, oh it's easier for them, and it's, this is talking Western mind, easier for them and harder for for us, it's just a view and opinion without foundation, because they listen to people from Asia, oh Christopher my knee hurts. Oh Christopher, I've got pains in my back Oh Christopher, I've got
1: headache.
0: Oh Christopher, my mind is wandering Oh Christopher, I can't keep still Oh Christopher, I've got no energy It's so equal colour of the skin and place of birth is completely irrelevant it has nothing to do with it You know, we get these ideas no connection with any reality So whether from east or west or both or neither <laughs> as, it might, as it might be we engage in our practice uh, there and a few little, finally, little points I find, you might notice too as well that rather easily uh, sometimes the mind wanders a little bit more easily on the outgoing breath uh, it seems like we found the energy to breathe in and we've kind of forgotten to keep the mindfulness I haven't got any energy left to remember to be mindful of the breathing out so a little, possibly for some a little extra care with the exhalation there the other is that it's not as though the body is always breathing in and always breathing out so it can be that on the out breath when the body has expelled the air there there could be several um, seconds go by before the body wishes or needs to be breathed in again and breathed out sometimes there's enough air element quietly circulating in the body that we don't have to deliberately make the next in breath we can be patient and when the body wishes to breathe in it will breathe in and we're there with that uh, uh, process and and, um, so far on the retreats 100% record everybody who breathed in breathed out everybody who breathed out breathed, breathed in again and if you are here and you don't breathe in again well, what better place to die than a, med- than a meditation retreat? Remarkable teaching for the other 60 people in the hall uh, uh, there, and to, be, and to die in such a, a sacred place not so bad so, either way, mindfully breathing in mindfully bre- breathing uh, out and just, not easy, but Can we just stay quietly steady if there are several seconds before the next deep breath? And just be quietly still. If you are experiencing some pain, knees and back are the most popular uh, areas, lower back, upper back, it varies, and other parts of the body. Again, be mindful of the willpower, which is different from... um, wise or right effort and if necessary after a period of time make some change in your posture stretch your legs out or move your back or whatever feels necessary for you there to get that relief from the the pain and then in order at some point can do this very mindfully and quietly to return back to the original posture always with the intention We're never. it's not avoidance it is not denial to move in the sitting it's part of the practice one can do it mindfully and if you want to stay with the bare experience in the original quietly coming back to that original posture which is there for those of you <coughs> pardon me for those of you who were here on the first uh, week We explore body and feelings, breath, body, feelings, states of mind, expansive awareness, and so forth, as we would do over the days here. I leave it to you. So it might feel appropriate for you just to follow the whole process exactly through again, as we are doing uh, on this retreat, day by day, step by step, that feels appropriate and a good thing to do by all means. If you rather to stay with your meditations and your priorities as they are at this time, after now that you're into the eighth day of being here, feel absolutely free as well. I'll leave that all in uh, your good uh, uh, clarity. There, it is valuable and important though to remember when you, in any of the four postures keep the decision making rather firm and immediate also good training so much worry and anxiety and ambivalence uh, can go on uh, in life and sometimes two people can feed it uh, there, I just heard uh, the other day just here in West Saranath as a small example two people were discussing whether they should go to one nearby shop uh, to buy something or not or do it later and made me smile apparently the two people spent 15 minutes discussing thinking, talking about whether they should go go or not in that 15 minutes they could have gone down there and got that item it's only five minutes walk away I mean please get a life so really the quiet practice of not action this is the sitting this is the breath this is the body and cutting through all the extra thought it will conserve beautiful energy for you one of the most tiring things for human beings is excessive thinking. It is exhausting. So we're just finding just quiet ways to cut through. Walking um, meditation uh, time. Two or three modes with regards to this. You can see the bare instructions on the uh, notice board just out there. And walking is an absolutely beautiful practice. Some of us absolutely love it to, to, uh, to bits. The Buddha, a fine advocate, he said, not long before his uh, awakening, he said he was here, here, here means saranath, doing his walking up and down meditation, Slow, mindful, step by step, 10, 15 meters, whatever the distance, up, up and down. And while walking uh, up and down, he said, I walked through the fear and terror inside of myself. I walked through the fear and terror inside of myself. And sometimes it's too much to ask us. If we're going through fear, worry, anxiety, to be able to, as the mantra goes, sit with it It may not be helpful at all, it may generate more pressure, it may not be the best posture for us. And just to walk up and down, and to keep walking up and down, and keep walking up and down, and keep walking up and down, and there may well be a possibility, no guarantee, that one will walk straight right through it. And if not, one might need the good wisdom and counsel of the other or the others to help understand what's going on with me. There's so much fear, anxiety and worry inside. As I, I, I may say I remember when I was a, a young guy hitchhiking up through Laos. The uh, American government and the American uh, war machine was waging a secret bombing war on the, the good people of Laos, as it did with uh, the people of Vietnam. And while, while um, uh, going up through the trackways in the middle of uh, Laos, actually lovely, lovely country, and walking along a track through, through the jungle, actually with, a, with a, f- a friend, assuming that at some point we'd reach the other side of the jungle, and we'd find a village and there'd be a place to stay for the night and then you're two young guys you know in our early 20s and then the Sun is going down there's no end of the track it's getting a little bit darker and then the uh, forest is kind of alive and then with all of that we heard this barking Deep growl uh, there, and I thought, Oh God, shit, it's a tiger. Definitely not a dog, it's a tiger. And you can just hear it somewhere in the uh, 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 jungle. Just kind of uh, keep on walking and watching a few extra sensations in the body uh, there. And then after a while, we, we saw a guy from the village uh, uh, there, and he's sitting on the track with an old rifle from at least, probably from the colonial times when the French colonized these regions. Uh, he's sitting on the track, very still with a rifle. Oh God, now what? It, what it it? So sometimes in life, we're just all went well, the village was not so far away, we got there before the dark, blah, blah, blah. More importantly, we never know what what sensations may arise out of the body at any given time. We never know. And sometimes with the sensations that that arise out of the body, and out of the heart and mind, uh, uh, of course, it's going to need from us every drop of clarity and practice working with these fields of sensations that we've had to help keep steady in the face of some very difficult sensations. <coughs> that's, the, that's, that's the message. It's the practice. And it's the practice of facing life and finding the wisdom to, to do that. You know, sometimes people will say, You may have said it to yourself, or you've heard it. Oh, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of death, but I am afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of death, but I am afraid of sickness and, and pain. It's a very poor view. Define, can we live life not afraid of death, not afraid of pain and not afraid of sickness that's what we're exploring and as well as much more and if we can get those three challenging uh, uh, areas and if we go deep with all of this I am not afraid of the sickness of another I am not afraid of the pain of another and I am not afraid of the death of another I've looked at this, I've explored this And I prefer to live with love than with fear. That's our practice. That's our inquiry. That's our exploration. It's not easy, but frankly, there has to be an alternative to living with stress, fear, and terror. The standing meditation, lovely, precious uh, uh, meditation. One of the values of it, as an asana, as a posture, is that when when we stand, we can stand tall. And there's a certain kind of dignity, I sense, or integrity uh, with that. But what it also does with the standing posture is in keeping... Uh, the posture firm and uh, upright, it contributes to equanimity, to uh, receptivity, and just to feel the whole human being standing on this earth. Sky above, earth below, it can be in here, it can be anywhere in here, the standing posture, at any time. And therefore, if you are sitting and it feels a bit uncomfortable uh, just feel you need to change or whatever, don't hesitate, quietly and mindfully go from the sitting posture and just make it a standing meditation. Plenty of people make good use of that posture uh, there. And with a little bit of practice with the standing it's quite easy to stand 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, uh, (coughs) uh, one hour and uh, much uh, longer. When I was a monk, I was very much into the uh, standing uh, posture, did a three hour, just as a fact, not boasting, it's not relevant. Um, but just the quiet training of the body to be able to stand, and not too often, but from time to time, um, I did a 12 hour standing. Human beings can do anything, just stand on the earth and just stand and the regularity each day of a three hour standing under the tree but body can do anything, it's just a good practice and, and to stand and keep with the equanimity of it I was very much inspired by a, a 70 year old monk who was a hardcore standing yogi good, good practices around and uh, and it might be quite painful at first quite often ankles of course the lower back put the blood pressure Change your posture, bend the back. You can if you've got the space. Take a few steps, whatever. Then come back to it. And with a good training, good good practice, you can expand your there, and you can go just as deep into insights and realization as the sitting posture, as the walking posture, as the reclining posture. There's no limit to the depth of in in in, in any of these four uh, postures. Hence the Buddhas strong emphasis. There is the reclining posture, obviously usually when we go and take uh, the rest and sleep uh, there. um, It's quite um, an important um, uh, obvious uh, area uh, uh, for us and something in the, shall we call it the biology of the humans, psychology and the biology of the humans, Where for quite a lot of people, and it may be the case for yourself as well, that it isn't easy to get to sleep at night. It's really, really unfortunate there that this flow from the wake to the deep sleep is really difficult. My heart reaches out for people who have insomnia, have a stream of thoughts going on, just can't find the sleep. It's really, really, it's a difficult one. And the cycles may be out of tune with the norm. So the norm here would be roughly ten to five thirty or whatever. So, <coughs> so do as I mentioned earlier today. Listen to yourself. Um, this somebody pointed out to me on YouTube. A YouTube Australian guy giving it some advice on how to get to sleep whatever the method hypnosis or whatever it was I don't know but um, I did uh, notice, this was at home I did notice, there were more, more than a million hits on YouTube on how to get to sleep just shows and reflects how difficult it can be so practice Fair few practices, both here, and other ones actually at home. So here, horizontal posture, as still, as still, as still, as still as, still as you can be. Whether you're on your side, or whether on the back. And in the stillness of the posture, really resting there. So even if the sleep is a bit slow to find, shall we say, least the body is getting maximum rest because you're just letting your being your consciousness rest with the body and trusting that quietly resting with it you will gradually move into the sleep uh, realm uh, there. It is important for each other uh, there for some uh, care and mindfulness and quietness you might leave you've got a sh- uh, toilet door in the room to uh, keep the door just. Using it quietly if you go into the rooms, you know, your co resident might be resting. So, our respect, which is love for uh, each other, may be quite important for those who need that extra time for some sleep and please uh, take it, of course. Sometimes, <coughs> what are, uh, uh, arises sometimes it's people of a certain age, i.e., the white haired club, um, uh, and others where uh, it's not the deliberate nor malicious but the snoring can, uh, uh, can, can start there. What I notice with myself when uh, it happens sometimes it's the blocked nose. What I find helps is that I'll put cushion could be the meditation cushion or the pillow behind me I've got the bed close to the wall, pillow is just behind me sleep facing that direction let us say the primary intention is that in, I can't turn over on the back because there's a pillow and the wall and I'm really clear, I can't I turn over on the back and there's much more likelihood with the snoring uh, there, if one is on one's back. So that I find uh, helpful. This is the evening, uh, there, because we were doing the musical chairs with the room, so the pillow got there, I didn't have the pillow for the back uh, there. Just so sometimes, for others and oneself, a little care with regard to these things is genuinely really helpful. The back of the hall is; it can be used at any time by any of you for the horizontal posture. And uh, with that uh, there are some uh, mats there, you can use your meditation cushion if you wish as a pillow, put the shawl on the top uh, of you and make it a horizontal posture. Meditation, and uh, there's obviously plenty of space there, and there's that opportunity if you feel it would be good at a certain time. Uh, there, do not think it will be a lot easier. You're on a mat with a hard stone floor underneath, so you'll have plenty of sensations to watch. Slow no picnic over there, and uh, just make <laughs> you so that you're really sensing during the day sitting, walking, standing and reclining. (coughs) Lovely to hear that more than half of you this morning were with the uh, the yoga teacher. If you feel during the day um, it would be helpful and supportive for your practice and part of your practice to do some uh, yoga uh, there, perhaps what good teachers are offering with their uh, uh, yoga or yourself, feel free to. Feel free to to really use those resources which could be really uh, uh, beneficial. We have seven sittings a day, including the talks. So it's pretty full on in here. And uh, this, we have the circle walking meditation um, together around the veranda. We'll have a period of that in the Dharma program this evening and a guided meditation. I'll talk to you about that time. So... Remember, mindfulness of breathing, there is the general and the particular with the breath. There is the walking meditation, perhaps using the same area each day, slow mindful walking. Two. There is the standing meditation in the hall or outside. Three. There is the reclining meditation only in the back half of the hall or on the lawn or in your room, but not in this area. Uh, uh, for cultivate and develop uh, each one of these it will be for your great well-being great well-being with life and you'll have lots of love and energy to uh, share with the other let's have our quite few minutes together shall we please for about ten minutes